Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Hum Nutrition. What goes inside your body matters. That's why Hum only uses all-natural, clinically proven ingredients that are highly absorbable, non-GMO, free of common allergens, and sustainably sourced. At humnutrition.com, you can get vitamins and supplements for your personal goals, backed by clinical results designed to get you looking and feeling your best. It's the right solution for you to achieve results in mind, body, and mood. My personal favorite products that I use every day are Here Comes the Sun for vitamin D, B12 Turbo for vitamin B12, and Ripped Rooster for 7-Keto and Green Tea Extract. Now you can get 15% off your first order with the code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V. That's 15% off your first order of $29 or more with the code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V. With flexible subscription options and cool packaging, it's insanely easy to stay on top of your daily dosage too. Go to humnutrition.com and use the code BELIEVE. Hooray for Hollywood! Hooray for Hollywood! You're so misunderstood. Keep shining like you should. Hooray for Hollywood! Hey, this is Brett Kersky. Welcome to another episode of On the List. This is episode number 61. It's February 2021. We are coming to you from the Believe Podcast Network. My guest today is a good friend of mine who's also a very talented actress. If you're a child of the 80s and 90s like I am, she's someone who's been in our lives for as long as we can remember. We first met her as the lovable Punky Brewster back in 1984. And this month, Punky Brewster is back. The reboot premieres February 25th on Peacock. And if that's not enough, her new documentary, Kid 90, which uses her own home video footage from the 90s, premieres March 12th on Hulu. Of course, I'm talking about Soleil Moonfry. Hello! Who else could I be talking about? But, yeah. I love you. And I love that I asked you if I could just shove an ice cream sandwich in my mouth before starting. So excuse me if there's chocolate. <laughs> Listen, anything goes here on, on the list. Uh, we are on Zoom right now. So the video from this podcast will be available on YouTube and Instagram. And you'll notice I am wearing an on-the-list hoodie. It was sent to me by a company called Eat Sleep Tie-Dye. And I liked it so much, I asked them if we could sell some for charity. So if people want one, the money goes to Alex's Lemonade Stand Foundation for Childhood Cancer, which is my favorite charity. And they asked me who my next guest was going to be. And I said Soleil Moonfry. And they made a Punky Brewster edition. Oh, I love it! Yay! Rainbow. So I'm going to send that to you. Thank you. That's the Punky Power version of that. Uh, so before we get started, let's give people a little backstory. We've been friends for like two years, even though it feels like I've known you my whole life. Well, I met you and I think officially we were like, oh, we've known each other forever. We've been yeah. friends for a lifetime. <laughs> well, you said you were like, I feel like we're camp friends. <laughs> I know. By the way, there's like, I met a few, um, like just a few amazing people this last year where I was like, oh my gosh, it's like summer camp all over again. It's amazing. Right. It's interesting. But yeah, we had that immediate bond. Um, and we met at a game night at Seth MacFarlane's house. Our mutual yes! friend, Holly Wiersma, uh, organized it. She invited both of us. I was put in touch. I was put in charge of teaching everyone running charades. It was amazing. And wow. I thought that I did so amazing at charades. And that. Well, and then I bumped into Seth like a few weeks later and I was like, I killed it at charades. And he's like, uh, that's not what I heard. And I was like, what? What are you talking about? Like, 
I was <laughs> I thought I was really incredible, and apparently, I guess you guys all told him that I. Like, I didn't. No, I didn't. Right. It wasn't me. I would never do that. Who told him? Not me. I, I I think I know who, but I can't say it on here. Was it more than one person? No, definitely not. I think it, what it was is the actress and you came out and you were very animated during charades, like strangling yourself on the floor for horror movies, that kind of thing. <laughs> that was thought of as bad? No. I was committed. First of all, our team won, so obviously it was good. <laughs> but we've been friends ever since. And I was seeing you all the, all the time at one point, but then the pandemic hit. So I haven't seen you since pre-pandemic. No, I, um, I know, but it's good to see you. I miss you and I miss your game nights. I know. We'll get back to that. That's some, something to look forward to, definitely. Um, so what's interesting is it was like a month after they announced the Punky reboot, and I had sent you a DM not knowing you, saying, like, I loved Punky Brewster as a kid. I want to write for the show. I want my nieces to audition for the show. And then I meet you a month later just by chance. It was almost like I put it out into the universe. Well, I'm a big believer in manifesting and yeah. I think you manifested us to become friends. I think so too. And, and then and then I must have been manifesting it too because then when I met you I was like, "Oh, I love this guy." Like yeah. I I he's amazing. Beginning of a beautiful friendship. For sure. And that night I told you that my sister Michelle and I watched every episode of Punky Brewster together when it was first I love it. Time. You know more about Punky Brewster than almost anyone in the I world. Know a lot. <laughs> and we the, the pilot pre-pandemic and you yeah. actually came. Yeah, I was at the pilot. I was standing in the Punky Brewster apartment and it happened to be the day before my 40th birthday party. So my sister and brother-in-law were in town. They came with me. So the fact that I was with my sister on the Punky set after we'd like watched it as kids together was very full circle, you know? Love it. It was awesome. Yeah, we got to be there. And I also, do you know, do you remember when, what's up? There's a noise outside. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> oh, um, do you remember on your show, uh, fans could draw pictures and send them in yes. and they would show yes. them at the end? So my yes. sister and I used to draw pictures. First of all, we were four and seven when Punky Brewster started. Amazing. We would draw Our pictures. Love for the Punky Power is amazing. Well, you know, I just we it we felt it as kids. We just felt the Punky Power. But we drew a picture of you and Brandon the dog in a junkyard, colored it in, sent it in, and then you wait to see if you're going to be on at the end. But so hey, I need did to find. You make it? I, I think we must have because I have we a happy memory have. of it. But I need to find like a VHS of that. Um, but yeah, but Punky was like the first show you could like reach out as a fan, and they'd actually show your your fan mail on TV, which was totally. pretty pretty cool. Um, so uh, the other thing you told me the night we met was. Because we were talking about we love the 80s, we love the 90s, and you said you took all the footage from the 90s, your home video footage, and you made a documentary, and that was like the beginning stages of it, and here we are two years later, that's coming out too. Um, I feel like Punky Brewster coming back and Kid 90 coming out is almost a culmination of your whole life in this moment. Are you feeling that too? It, it, it is truly a dream come true. I mean, it, it feels so in alignment, you know, the fact that, you know, my love for Punky and I've always wanted to bring Punky back. And, yeah. uh, and it just feels like the world can use Punky power more than ever right now. And, mm. uh, and the documentary, you know, it started as this journey where I was trying to put together the pieces of my past and see if things had happened the way I remembered them. And, and, uh, 
And so four years ago, I, I really started opening up these, these tapes and right. putting, starting to put the pieces together. But when I started it, it wasn't meant to be about me. You know, I, I it was really about everybody but me. And hmm. then it became this very life-changing experience and, yeah. uh, and just such a, such a real honor um, and so humbling and so painful and so cathartic, you know, to, to go through that. And I think through the course of the doc, I also got up the courage to really go after Punky in this big way. And then to see them come together at the same time, I mean, I'll start crying. It's so, it's so emotional. Like I, I went to set every day, just so full of gratitude and love and joy and thanks, you know, um, for Punky. And then to be doing this documentary that I'm so passionate about. That's so true to my heart. I just, it's really a dream come true. Yeah. And for them to come out to the world, like a few weeks apart. I mean, it's so wild. It's like the, the other day the trailer came in the morning and the kid 90 trailer came at night. And you know, it's like the it, punkies premiering February 25th. I'm yes. so excited and honored. And the TCAs for Hulu are the same. And I'm just like, this is so wild. And right. it really feels like a dream. And I think that, when when things are aligned, you know, when you're really in alignment, you you can just see those things manifesting in front of you. And it really makes it clear the things that are really in alignment and the things that are not. Yeah. And the fact that they're happening at the same time, it's like your whole life has led up to this moment, which is why this is such a great time to interview you. It's time to hold it over. It's so really? wild. I was just talking yeah. about you believe in time in the like in, in the traditional sense. I'm like space time, you know. Yes, totally. So let's take it piece by piece. Let's talk about Punky first. It feels like you're getting a second chance at a once in a lifetime experience. Which... It is the most amazing thing ever. It is yeah. so much fun. It is a dream come true. Like I literally have always said, if I'm 90 and people are 88 years old, people are still calling me Punky. I'm cool with it. Yeah, um, I love love Punky. Punky's such a part of my heart. I've wanted to do it for so long. So like now that it's come together, it's just, it's so dreamy. Uh, and, and it's so fun. It really feels like a continuation. You know what I mean? Like yeah. people call things reboot, but like it's now Punky's grown up. She's single. She's like raising her kids. Her ex is Freddie Prince Jr. And <laughs> right. going through all these different things. And, um, and, and it's really, I think so much about coming of age again. Yeah, exactly. I mean, did Punky ever really go anywhere? Or sh she's always been like living in you. Punky has always been living in me. <laughs> there was years though where maybe I where where I think I lost a little bit of that, you know, Punky power, that spark. You know, yeah. I I love my kids, and I was so focused on you know my kids and life and all of that, and and I had always associated like you know that spark with youth, you know, and then right. like the process of punky and kid 90, it's like that spark, that creative spark has just totally reignited. So tell me how the reboot or we'll call it the continuation. Tell me how that came yeah. about. Was it, was it your idea? Was it the producer? I had been wanting to do it for a really long time. And, yeah. uh, and then this amazing guy that I worked with named Jimmy Fox reached out to me and he had been wanting to do it. And we tracked down, he tracked down David Duclon. He figured out who was the original creator. He figured right. out people involved. We met Jim and Steve, our amazing showrunners. Right. And it's just this incredible culmination. And it happened, it, it has truly been um, such a mystical 
amazing experience. I mean, it literally, it's so wild down to like things like the car, the, the gentleman came to build the tree house one day. Right. And there yeah. people come from different places and he comes in and, and this man looks, looks at it, you know, the drawings and he goes, I built the original tree house no. so he went to work that day not knowing what he was going to be building. And it turns out he's building the treehouse, and it's like the same person that built, by the way, I don't know if I'm supposed to announce the treehouse. It no, might it's be. Okay. It's in but the anyway, yeah. you know, these, kind of, these mystical, amazing experiences that just feel like meant to be you're in the Dharma of it, you know? Unbelievable. I love that. I entered your life right before this all happened. So I could kind of get this front row seat watching this all happen and being there for the pilot, the set, it's an exact replica of the original apartment. They nailed every detail. There's even like cassette players, like stereos in the background. Um, The hallway is exactly the same. When I walked in there, I was like, this is the hallway. There's the staircase, same building that Punky grew up in. And in the in the continuation, Henry has left the apartment to her and her kids. So how did it feel stepping onto that set again for the first time since 1988? 31. I'm still such a kid. How I know. <laughs> I am too. That's what I don't understand. <laughs> um, it was amazing. It was such a joy. Sorry, I'm like literally like Mr. Rogers putting on <laughs> my cold and my hot. It was amazing. It was literally, you know, first of all, it was so exciting to be a part of the whole process of yeah. Who had Punky become? Where had she lived? Where had she traveled? What, you know, what places she, she'd gone to and really making sure that it also still felt like Henry's, you know, apartment that that was much theirs and the family that they became together. And, um, and so I was in awe the moment I walked onto the soundstage before when it was empty. Then I was in complete awe as our sets began, you know, coming in and just, it was, it, it's been like watching a, a dream come true in front of my eyes. And when you have gone through so many life experiences, so many beautiful experiences, painful experiences, you know, the roller coaster of emotions to, to really see this coming back to life, it was, it, it's been like this dream in front of my eyes. And, and I'm so grateful every day. It's so awesome. And, and how did it feel being Punky again? You put on, the overalls and the mismatched sneakers because the clothes are a very important part of becoming. Yeah. Um, the clothes are so important. Working with Mona May, who's like an icon, right? Like, I mean, Mona May is just one of the all time greatest clueless and Oh yeah. Romeo and Michelle. And, you know, I mean, just like, you know, she's just amazing. Oh, she's perfect. Um, yeah. She's amazing. So working with her was such a joy and such an honor and uh and bringing back you know the different colored sneakers and then who had punky become because she probably hung out with rockers and was on the road and like so adding all of that was really fun too yeah i like that i like that punky hadn't changed her fashion sense just because she grew up same girl um you've said that you don't know where punky ends and you begin uh so explain what you mean by that so i think that for me um, my whole life from the time I was little, you know, I always felt like punky was such a part of me. And I always felt like a, you know, a survivor. My, my dad was a boxer. And so we were taught, you know, I mean, he was a golden love champion, incredible wow. um, boxer. And, uh, so we were taught, like, if you get knocked down, you get back up, you jump mm-hmm. up again, you know? And so I think that 
from, from, from the time I was little, it's like I, I had, there was just this spark inside and this spunk and also this feeling of being tough and a survivor. And, um, and we were just the same in so many of those ways, you know, right. and, then, and then again, you know, I so grateful for my kids and my family and, and I also kind of had put a little bit of that artistic side, maybe it kind of buried it away a little bit. And it's like through punky, I feel like I, and through the documentary, like I, again, like really started to rediscover it again. Yeah. So, you know, whether it's life imitating art or art imitating life, I mean, it's all just like, I'm like, <laughs> wow. The right. kids keep saying, do they have hidden cameras in the house? Because like, how do they know what we're talking about at night sometimes, you know? Yeah. And it's wild because even on the personal front, like there's been personal things that I've been going through where, you know, the showrunners didn't know what was going on in certain situations. And literally like, I would go, wait, I, I, we were just saying that like last week, wait, this is so wild. Like, I mean, it really has been fascinating. That's interesting. Which is imitating which life or art. I like that. <laughs> but yeah, you have a lot of the same qualities as Punky. You're very fun to be around. You're one of the most positive people that I know you Tell kind of more Brett, please. No, but it's true. Don't you feel like, I feel like you're very optimistic. Like you're someone when you're, when you're around Soleil, it's like always smiling, always building up the people around you. It's kind of like you exude kind of happiness and so does Punky. So I don't know. It's a very thin line, you know, between the character and the real life person, at least in my experience, Thank you. <laughs> I would say. I think I draw upon her strength a lot of the time. Yeah, absolutely. And, the, and so the pilot begins, I guess I can say this, with Punky talking to a picture of Henry framed on the wall. That's how the whole series comes back. Uh, was that an out-of-body experience? Because I remember being there in person, it felt like it was emotional, not just for the character, but for the real person. Yeah. What it was that was, like? Because George was such an angel to work with. I mean, he really was. And and I, I realize it now more than ever, just he was so kind and giving. Yeah. And I have felt his wings and Susie Garrett's wings. I, I felt them wrapped around us this whole time. And so to be respectful of that. And also because I think Punky, you know, it resonated so much with people and, you know, the stories that I've heard from people coming up and talking about coming from a broken home and being, you know, um, their friend uh, or going through the foster system, um, people sharing stories that are so deeply personal and saying what Punky meant to them, I felt it was our duty to try to stay as true and authentic to their original. And um, and we all did. And so that was incredibly important to us. Yeah, I think you nailed it. I mean, I, I won't give it away. I actually got a chance to watch the first six episodes. I was sent a... You did? I was sent a link prior to this. Interview. Oh my gosh, tell me. I'm so curious. Oh, yeah. Me. Well, I don't want to give stuff away, so off camera, I'll okay, give you. Can you tell me what you think overall? Yeah, like, well, I loved it. First of all, I loved it. Second of all, I watched it with my nephew and nieces, who are the target audience. My my nieces are eight, and Punky's eight uh, was eight when it started, and is the little Izzy characters eight, and they laughed out loud at all the right moments. They said like awe at all the right moments, like when Izzy takes a picture with her eyes, you know, in her mind. Oh. You reacted exactly how you would want them to react. So it's interesting oh, that like God. this next generation is gonna have their own Punky Brewster. Really cool. But we'll, we'll get into all that in a second. I wanted to say about Henry, he was played by George Gaines, like you mentioned. He passed away recently, 2016, and he lived to be 98 years old. So it's almost mm-hmm. like he 
almost made it to the the reboot, you know? It's, it's, you know what's really amazing is I was able to send, and I hope he got it, a letter to him, like, mm. towards his life and just thanking him because he really did always encourage me to be an artist. And I'll try not to cry, but one of the things that I, I really, a memory that came out to me so strongly uh, recently was, um, he had given me this gift and it was, um, it was a diary with my initials on it. And, um, he was really encouraging me to write it all down, to be a journalist. And when we finished the first season, Ollie, who plays one of my sons gives me this gift and it's literally a diary with my initials, the same color that the one George gave me. And I was like, I just burst into tears because he didn't know the story about George, right. the diary. And it was like, Oh, it's just this like feeling that the angels are around us and wow. you know, that you're on the right path. And it was just, it was really meaningful. Wow. I believe in all of that stuff. So that's incredible that his spirit is there and that you kept in touch. You know, they, it was like for, the premise of the you know the original show of this foster dad and this little girl but you guys had such great chemistry it was like yes. it was like a two-hander you know this spunky oh, little girl and this serious oh, older really. guy um so we'll talk more about the continuation in a second but let's set the stage with the original punky brewster first and work our way back the original punky brewster aired on nbc sunday night i remember it was seven o'clock so adults would watch like 60 minutes yes the, the grown-ups were on 60 minutes and, and kids watch punky. Like, ah, it was the perfect counter programming like we got our own show on totally. NBC, you know totally. So yeah. it, it premiered September 16th, 1984. Like I said, I was four. My sister was seven. Instantly became our favorite show. And the story is that you beat out 3,000 girls who auditioned to play the role of punk. How do you know all these things? I know everything about everything. Tell me more. <laughs> but did you know that, that you beat out 3,000 girls? I don't remember the numbers. Something I like that. I do remember um, that there was a girl who said she had gotten the part when I went in. No. And so my mom said, okay, let's go. And then I was like, no, I'm going in anyway. And then it ended up happening. Wow. That's a lesson for life right there. Right? Wow. You 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 stay on your path and you gotta, you, keep, you gotta persevere. You keep yeah. going, keep going, you know? Yes. Wow. I like that a lot. So you were eight years old. That's the same age my nieces are now, Izzy and Sophie. You were acting since you were two, is that correct? Five. Five, okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, online online it says two, but five I mean, makes a lot more sense. <laughs> um you were born in California. Yes. Uh, so you were grew up kind of around it. Your dad, Virgil Fry, was an actor. Your yeah. mom, Sandra, talent agent. So it almost no, made. No, my mom was my mom was a food artist. Oh, okay. Peter. Okay. And my dad was an actor. He was also a civil rights activist. Was like really his his oh. passion. Right. And, I've uh, seen your post about that. Like Martin and Luther King. And a wild, a wild man. Right, <laughs> but, it, but it makes sense with those parents that you might end up in the business, right? Um, it was funny. Like I was super shy. I didn't talk till I was like five years old. Oh, really? And, uh, my brother was an actor and I like, I was just hiding behind his, you know, my, hiding behind my mom's legs, like on set. Right. And then one day I was like, I want to try this. And then they couldn't stop me. Nice. Oh, I like that. Yes. It was and how, and 
they haven't been able to stop you. By the way, and I, and then all of a sudden I started talking and I wouldn't shut up. (laughs) Right. You haven't stopped since. Um, and explain also before we move on to Puggy, how did they come up with the name Soleil Moon? Because you're the only Soleil that I've ever met. I was born in the month of the sun. Okay. And, so, and there was a song from Annie Get Your Gun. I got the sun in the morning and the moon at night. Wow. And so the sun and the moon. That's perfect. My, mom, my, my dad, I think, wanted to name me Megan at one point, but my mom beat out with that, with Soleil. Soleil is much cooler. I remember. Well, like, I, mean, I think Megan's really beautiful too. It's yes, but, but yeah, it's more common. I would say. I feel like a Soleil. Like I can't really, or you could call me Moon also. I noticed that people. Oh call my it. god! I had the most amazing thing happen. Okay, tell me. So and manifesting, right? Yeah. So the other day, I go and I see this like amazing property that used to be like the zap where they used to do the music the zap right okay okay check this out so i go and look and they're like do you want and and by the way it's social distance and masks and Mm -hmm. you know the whole thing and like the person's like do you want to see the you know the painted cave you know and i was like ah yes and you know there was nobody else there and i go and i go up and one rock says Zappa and one's painted like a Jackson Pollock and one says Moonfire spelled F-Y-R-E. Wow. My name was painted on the rock. Did you take a picture? You must. Yes. Do you want me to show you? Sure. You can pull it up. Wait, that's crazy. Well, yeah. Moon Moon Zappa is is. Is well, name, this had my name. Yeah, right? that has your name. I'm just telling you, my name was painted <laughs> on the rock. Right. So now well, I call myself Moonfire. And so my point is, Brett, you can call me Soleil or you can call me. <laughs> I call or, you Soleil. Or you can call me Moonfire. Wow. There it is. I Did you see that? That's my name. Did you like, did you stop like in your tracks? Yes. I was like, my my name is painted on the rock. Oh my god! And then of course I texted my friend Ahmed Zappa because I was like, you, I, I, I went by this. My name was painted on the rock. Oh my god! <laughs> the, only other, the only other name there was your last name. Wow! Isn't that amazing? You're on the right track. That's all I can this say. Was, okay, so here was the thing. Okay, so I love that you said that because. Um, because you're a thousand percent right. It was this message of you're on the right path. Totally. It was like, and only I would, when somebody shouted down from somewhere else, like, do you want, if you want to go check out the paint? And I'm like, yes, yes. Right. And I'm like hiking up. No, man, it's incredible. I, I have moments, I have like synchronicity happens to me all day long. And I just keep telling myself, that's another sign. That's another sign. You're doing the right thing. Course, You're doing the right it's, thing. Well, I mean, we could, you know, I'm obsessed with quantum physics and, yeah. and manifesting and, yeah. um, and, uh, and when you start to see the miracles around you and the alignments, it really yes. is so, it's so beautiful and yeah. amazing. And I, I write them down. I keep track of all of them. Yeah. Do you, do you study your dreams too? A little bit. I'll Google them, but I do keep a journal every night. Since, of your dreams? Oh no, just of no of my day. What's going on? In my I life. highly recommend. It. I mean, I really like one of my favorite things to do is study subconscious and dreams. And I yeah. did 
And then I started doing it again. And it's just, it's fascinating. Whenever I have an unusual dream, I'll text you and you can analyze. You can tell me. What oh, I- yeah. like <laughs> I love it because when you think about it, like our conscious minds, like, you know, or, you know, if you look at like the iceberg, right, it's like up here, use yeah. this, you know, our subconscious and unconscious is like everything, you know, yeah. below that. So, yeah. uh, uh, so yeah, so I think it's incredibly important. Well, the other thing I was going to say, by the way, about Soleil is because of you, when I when I took French class in middle school, I already knew the French word for sun because I grew up knowing who Soleil Moonfry was. So oh, when you were that. like, who knows how to say uh, sun? I was like, I oh. mean, Brett, I'm telling you, you can call me Soleil or you can call me Moonfire. <laughs> Moonfire. I, I'm, I'm super <laughs> down with this new nickname. Oh, yeah. and by the way, Bruce Springsteen, um, I'm on fire is like my favorite song of all time. Wait. So. Do you remember we were in a car and it came on and you yes. were like, and you freaked out? You were like, this is my song. See? See? Are you seeing the synchronicities? Yes. That was, I do remember that moment. It was on the radio. It's not like you put it on. It right. Came. And I freaked out, right? Yes. You freaked and out. And then, and look at, and I wore my Bruce shirt and I didn't even realize I'm obviously wearing it in honor of. And do you know where I am right now? Quarantining. I'm in New Jersey where Bruce is the king. I mean, he's the king <laughs> everywhere, right? Yeah. Obviously, <laughs> especially here. That's so funny. Well, we gotta we gotta continue talking about Punky Brewster. So, okay. So, Punky Brewster was your big break. You beat out all those other girls. You remember the audition? Do you remember um, shooting the pilot? Do you remember like doing this job, not realizing it was gonna change your life? I remember. I remember so many things. I remember Cherry and I meeting at the audition, oh, and it yeah. being like amazing, that. and us being, you know, like total troublemakers from the time we were little. Um, and I just, I, I remember it feeling so real and right, and um, and there was just a, um, there was an energy there, and I mean, you know, because you were there when we shot the pilot for yeah. the new episodes, and. Um, I felt like you could hear a pin drop in the audience, you know, there was just an energy and I, you know, I'm a big believer in frequencies and energy and the energy that was there at that time was so, um, pure. And, and I love the idea that, and, and still is, and, you know, the idea that, you know, this is a little girl who was abandoned by her father and left Mm -hmm. by her mother's shopping center. And then she finds this older man that then becomes her foster father and, you know, it really goes to show, you know, that there's the families that we're born into and there's the families that we choose. And, um, and sometimes there's a mix of both. Yeah. Um, but I feel like we were able to deal with real topics and real issues at the time. And, um, and that we were able to create conversations around the dinner table or, um, make someone who didn't have that dinner table to be at not feel so alone, you know? And, Absolutely. And so I, I just am so full of so much gratitude for that. And that's why it's like, you know, for me, you could call me punky forever, by the way, <laughs> add that you could call me Sola, you could call me Moonfire, You can also call me punky. And, okay. you know, <laughs> it's a badge of honor. Brewster, punky, whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, but, but it just makes me so proud, you know, to have been part of that. And, uh, and I just, I don't, I don't take any of it for granted and you're going to make me cry. I just feel, I really, I feel so grateful, Brett. Like I feel so, so grateful. The you fact should. that I do what I love is, um, and when so many people are out of work right now and mm-hmm. um, not working, the, the fact that I've been able to go to work, I just, I know um, 
how fortunate I am. And I also really want to be of service to others. I mean, as, as you know, that's such an important part of my life. And I feel like this is all so incredible. It's also, um, I think a responsibility that comes along with it, that we must, at least I must be of service. That's the way I feel. And so, um, I really hope that I can, you know, make people smile through it, heal through laughter and really, um, be involved in philanthropic ways that are really important and fundamental to who I am. Absolutely. Well, you actually mentioned, you just mentioned the energy that night of the pilot and the audience didn't know that Cherry Johnson was part of the reboot. So do you remember when the door opened and it was Cherry? They cheered for so long that they had to keep redoing it because the audience was cheering too much. Awesome. It was amazing. It was taking up too much time. They were like, you guys chill. The audience could not stop cheering which was and she started crying then you started crying i mean it was like it wasn't just a sitcom taping this was like no and that's what we said and you know cherry spoke and i spoke and it was like not these are not characters to us these are our these are our lives yeah i actually i filmed your speeches at the end i have that i have to send it oh please send it to me yeah it's incredible and so maybe you can can cut it into this (laughs) oh yeah cut right now to the five minute speech um but what people might not know is that brandon tartikoff was the head of nbc at the time when the show started and growing up he had a crush on a girl named punky brewster so Uh, her name was penelope brewster Penelope, but they called her punky right yeah and so she was a real person that he named her after she was like a tomboy and the dog was named brandon and the dog was named brandon and so punky's like a real person out there somewhere too and uh and I think Punky became, the character became a lot of people's first crush. Also, did you feel that growing up that people had a crush on Punky? I love this. I didn't really, like, I mean, it's so sweet. Like, now when I hear stories, like, it just touches my heart. I just, uh, <laughs> I know I had a lot of crushes growing up. <laughs> right, yeah. No, but she was cool. I think that's what it was. She was cute, and she was cool, and she was, like, fun. Uh-huh. I was four or five. I had a crush on Punky Brewster. I had a crush on Marsha Brady from The Brady Bunch. And I had a crush on Janice Pennington, who was one of the uh, Barker's beauties on Price is Right. Those were oh, my- so you had a lot of crushes. It wasn't just me? No, it was mostly You're punky. supposed to say- Mostly one. punky. You're supposed to say, I had a crush on you. That's, <laughs> right. that's your answer in the future. Mo- mostly punky. But I do remember also watching Brady Bunch and getting jealous when Marsha liked other guys. I was like, that's so funny. I was like what's up with that? No, it's but- uh, let's wait, talk about- I'm laughing so hard because I had no idea that this banana was sitting here the whole time. <laughs> Oh, I didn't realize either. (laughs) Sometimes I get to that stage where um, where I have to like eat all the time. So I brought a banana in here and I just realized that it's like, I'm just way too comfortable with you. I'm like, I guess. Listen, if you get hungry during the podcast, you're allowed to eat. There's no rules. I hope you don't mind if I do. (laughs) There's no rules. She started eating a banana. Ice cream sandwich. Um, wait, so let's talk about the cast of the original, and then we'll talk about the cast of the new okay. one. So on the original, was you as Punky Brewster. It was George Gaines as Henry. Uh, he had a photography studio at the mall. And uh, Cherry Johnson as Cherry Johnson, which obviously mm-hmm. they named it after her. Susie Garrett, who you mentioned, played Betty Johnson, who was Cherry's grandmother. Amy Foster was Margot, who we also knew from Troop Beverly Hills. Yes, which, did you hear the news? Yes, it's very exciting. She's guest starring. She's like awesome. Yes, I saw it. I actually got to see it. I didn't know if I was allowed to say. Yeah, 
Yeah. yeah. She was in an episode. Yeah, it was great. WWE and Alexa, I mean, hello, right? That was cool. Yeah. The character Izzy is a big WWE fan, we learn. And then uh, Casey Anderson played Alan. And Sandy the dog played Brandon the dog. So was this like your second family growing up? Because you were with them every day for four years, right? thousand percent. And and Sherry was always, I was inseparable from her. And we were all hanging out all the time. And uh, and so, yes, very much a second family. Yeah. Do you remember... The same way that these kids are, I, I feel so fortunate that their parents share them with me, you know, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and it feels very much the same now. Yeah. Well, do you remember when Punky Brewster became a phenomenon? Like, do you remember beca- like the first time you got recognized on the street? I, I do remember. Um, I remember this incredible moment where we lived in this little apartment and um, it was in Los Feliz and they used to have this carnival, this like this little carnival. And I remember going to the carnival that I'd gone to like all the time for years and years and years and, and people coming up. And it was like the first time that I ever had people recognize, you know what I mean? And that was so wild. And, and my mom was so, um, was just so incredible about, you know, having, me um always you know just always communicating with the people that would you know there was just a sense of love and like um and that I was still a kid you know what I mean that I hadn't changed you know what I mean like this doesn't mean that you're you know any better you know what I mean she just kept me like helped to keep me grounded I'm just like okay this is wild this is really amazing and fascinating and and yet you know we're gonna go and we're gonna work with the mission next weekend we're gonna do the constant teaching of, of what it is to give back and you still do that with core response. You're still giving back all the time. I am. I've got to tell you, I am so proud and honored to be able to be a part of core and and to be a small part of just this incredible movement. I am. Yeah, I'm they've so been doing. Are, are not, I mean, Brett, when I tell you, so we've vaccinated over three hundred thousand people now. No way! Wow, and you've been doing the COVID testing for a year. We've they've been done testing. now over 4.8 million tests across the country. We're operating the largest site in the country right now at Dodger Stadium. Um, We've worked with the Los Angeles Fire Department, with Mayor Garcetti. I mean, it's just, um, it is so awe-inspiring. And I I went down a couple weeks ago and just looking at, you know, the work that the team's doing in the field. I'm so awe-inspired by Ann Lee and Sean Penn and the amazing work they're doing and the whole team and the whole staff. And I just sat weeping, you know, just looking at, at this incredible work and and so honored and humbled. I mean, truly next to my kids, I can say it's the the work that I'm most proud of being a part of. Oh, incredible. And now I understand since it was instilled in you by your mom at such a young age, volunteering and being back. It's absolutely uh, being being of service um, right. to to me is uh, is fundamental in our beings, you know. And um, I love when I, I see how aware and awakened my my kids are, you know, in taking initiatives of what they want to do. And I think learning that in early age is so it's so important, and it and it's so important as part of at least for for me as part of my sole purpose because I feel so grateful to be able to do my art to be able to be creative I feel so grateful to really be able to feel like I can you know 
help be of service in some way that might make some difference. And, yeah. uh, and so that is just, that's a true joy. And then always looking at how we can do more. You know, I was, I was talking to our, our incredible um, CEO and co-founder, Anne, and, and she was just saying, we keep doing more, we keep doing, you know, and, and that's such a mindset of, of people that want to do more and to um, really create change. Yeah. And that's, that's one of the best things is when you're given a platform like you've had you, almost your whole life to be able to take the platform and use it for good. That's it, it, there's, incredible. To me, there's no question. You know, I, I mean, I will get very emotional. I get, it's like, of course, right? I mean, we are, we are so fortunate, you know, mm-hmm. um, and so we're so fortunate. Um, and, and so, uh, of course, like, they, you know, I mean, when I see these frontline workers and, and the, you know, the doctors and the, I mean, you know, and the, the firefight, I mean, just, I'm completely blown away and I'm so lucky and fortunate and grateful to be doing my art. I better, can I cuss on this? Like I better fuck my part and like, (laughs) yeah, what I can. Right. Like you would hope everybody thinks that way, you know, I I can only speak for myself. Like I, I absolutely know that it is actually, it is fundamentally, um, your purpose, you know, Mm. to, try and do more. Yeah. Well, try to do as much as I can. I'm very excited to announce that On The List is partnering with Magic Spoon Cereal, which is a product that I love. You know, if you were like me growing up, cereal was a very fun part of being a kid. But as you get older, you start to realize you may have to give it up because it's full of sugar or other junk we really shouldn't eat. So if you've tried to cut back on sugar or carbs or unhealthy foods in general, then Magic Spoon is the answer. It's the cereal that I really eat. I love every flavor that they make. They even have peanut butter cereal now. I'm a huge peanut butter fan, and they nailed it. I also love the Frosted as well as the Blueberry. Something I like to do is mix the Frosted with the Blueberry. Another combination I like is mixing the cocoa with the peanut butter. So you've got chocolate and peanut butter. And the fruity flavor is also great. Everyone I've told to try Magic Spoon has gotten hooked. And the best thing about Magic Spoon cereal, besides the fact that it tastes so good, is that it has zero sugar. No sugar at all, even though it tastes great. It's also low carb, only 3 grams, so it's keto friendly. And it's high in protein, 11 grams per serving. So it's got everything you need, and it excludes all the stuff you don't. And it's just really good. So if you go to magicspoon.com slash brett, B-R-E-T-T, you can make your own variety pack of four flavors. Choose from frosted, blueberry, fruity, cocoa, peanut butter, or any new flavors that they have to offer. Then just use the code brett at checkout for free shipping. And if that's not enough, it's backed with their 100% happiness guarantee, which means if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. So that's magicspoon.com slash brett. B-R-E-T-T, then use the code BRETT at checkout for free shipping. Thank you to Magic Spoon for being part of On The List. And now back to the show. Not to keep bringing it back to Punky, but the original Punky Brewster uh, aired for four seasons, very successfully, 88 episodes. You literally grew up on that show. And uh, do you have a favorite episode of the original? So many favorite episodes. Really? I didn't want to start. Um, no, man. Challenger was an incredible. Oh, yeah. Important. That was amazing. 
because I've always wanted to be an astronaut. I still want to be an astronaut. I plan on going to space at some point. Um, I I really do. You know, I believe in manifesting. So I think. Um, And, uh, and so, you know, when, when that we were watching in the classroom when it happened and I was uh, crushed as, you know, so many were. Um, And so it was interesting because I think they would see, you know, so many of our real life experiences that we were going through and then use them as learning moments. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. It was a very uh, teachable. So, yeah. Very, you know, so, so that one really, it really meant so much to me. I mean, there's so many now um, another one that I will mention is uh, Andy Gibb. Um, Andy Gibb was one of the kindest people I've ever met in my life. I was so crazy in love with him. <laughs> and I love the fact that when he's playing the piano, and I really hope you can like cut to shots of this and stuff. I don't know if you'll be able to in your show, but maybe if you see the way in which I am like this, like gazing into his <laughs> eyes, like you see a little girl like completely falling and crushed out love. Like it just it's all over me. And so that's so cute. So kind. And in and, and one of the episodes, he, I think he actually did two episodes. And uh, no, he did do two episodes. I just don't know. Did he play two different people or the same? <laughs> so, um, so anyway, so there was the beauty pageant episode and he wore this black sequin jacket. And at the end of the episode, I, he said, okay, close your eyes. And he wrapped the sequins jacket around me. And, um, and I think it was the jacket he'd won solid golden and, um, wow. And it was just, it was like, that's just an example of someone being so kind and showing such kindness to, um, to a kid that just, it lasted forever. And I think that's one of the things that, um, that's been so amazing. And in looking back at George Gaines and Susie Gare, they all, they really treated us as equals. They didn't Mm -hmm. talk to us and they were really kind and giving. And that really, that sticks. You know, yeah. it really, it really leaves a profound effect. Yeah. Well, the first night I met you, I brought up an episode. I don't know if you remember. Uh, I brought up the Cherry Lifesaver episode. Oh, well, um, you mean the refrigerator? The refrigerator. Oh. I had to bring it out. Of course. The refri- I, mean, I mean, we can talk about refrigerator episode all day. <laughs> right. That was like a kid wrote in that idea. Right. Which is amazing. Yeah. All histories have been written about this episode. Um, it was like, I had to talk to you about it because it actually scared me away from ever even thinking of hiding in a refrigerator. Well, was- absolutely. <laughs> and, and by the way, and Cherry knows more about the refrigerator episode than anyone <laughs> And she really, I mean, it's fascinating because at the time, a lot of people would leave their old refrigerators outside, you know, and there's a whole store. I mean, there is like really, it's It's, incredible. It's life changing. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, you get the kids play hide and seek. Cherry hides in the refrigerator that's been left outside. She ends up getting so cold, she passes out. And it taught kids all over the place, don't ever hide in the refrigerator. I think you saved lives. Yeah, in that and episode. by the way, it also taught CPR in a way where yes. letters of kids who actually were able to help save lives because they had seen the CPR in that episode. Yes, exactly. So now that we've talked about the original Punky, let's fast forward from 1988 to 2021. Punky's back. 
Uh, tell us where she is today. You have a lot in common with her, you were saying. She has four kids. You have four Yes, Punky has. Um, so she has she has three kids that she's raising as a single mom. Right. And uh, this amazing little girl comes along that reminds her so much of herself. And through Izzy, I think really um, she is rediscovering her Punky power, which is yep. so awesome and uh and beautiful and um and really she's coming of age all over again and her ex-husband's played by freddie prince jr and Mm -hmm. they still have chemistry and it's almost like they love each other more now that they're not together than when they were together and this whole will they won't they thing and uh that's really fun and uh and it's it's great i love the idea of seeing this strong woman who is coming of age again and uh it's very, very uh, fun to dive yeah. And she's a photographer like Henry was. She has a photography yeah, studio like he did. And she's traveled around the world. And yeah. She meditates. She's very. Meditates. I mean, similarities are just like. <laughs> you are funky. Yeah, exactly. Well, so I now- think, yeah. And I definitely think like the, the showrunners did know. I mean, like I literally will go and sit in the yurt for like days. Um, it's yeah. just, I love it. Yeah. So Cherry's back is Cherry, which was awesome, which we said. You mentioned, yeah, you mentioned Freddie Prince Jr. playing Punky's ex-husband, Travis. We have the incredible Jessica, who is playing Cherry's girlfriend, who's so incredible. Right. Um, It's such a great, it's such a great team. Yeah. Lauren Donzas plays Hannah. Noah Cottrell plays Diego. Oliver De Los Santos plays plays Daniel. And Quinn Copeland plays Izzy. Those are the four. They are such amazing. They're so beautiful. They're all so good. Yes. And then we have fun guest stars like Seth Green came and played with us. So fun. No, so Seth Green, like I hung out with you with Seth Green when we were at Seth yes. Collins. Uh, By the way, it was the first party. time I've seen Seth in like 20 years. And see, it's like time folded over when we Wait. got at Seth's house. I was going to ask. Right. So Seth McFarlane had a Labor Day barbecue. We I love there. how it all keeps coming back to Seth McFarlane. Well, yeah. Well, it's true. He, he hosts a lot of parties. But we went to Well, not Labor now. Day. Not during COVID. Not now. Pre-COVID. Pre-pandemic, he hosted a lot of parties. And so. All I know yeah. is it was so much. We had some really fun times. We were having a great time. I- I mean, I can't wait till we can all hang out again. I know. It's long overdue. But Seth Green, you ran into him at uh, Seth MacFarlane's because he does a voice on Family Guy. You walk in with Jenny Lewis. My childhood, one of my childhood best friends. Exactly. She was in True Beverly Hills with Amy. And so you see Seth Green. Did that lead to him ending up on the Punky Yeah, literally, I bumped into Seth. I hadn't seen him in so many years. It was like not a day had passed. It was so awesome. Here I am with my best childhood girlfriend, one of my best childhood girlfriends, um, Jenny. Yeah. And literally, we walk in, and who do we see? Oh, and Scott Grimes, we bumped into. Literally, right. it was like it was literally like a reunion of childhood friends. And that's the thing is like we all grew up together, and we really uniquely were so close and such yeah. good. Like I mean, Seth and I did seances together. We would hang out. We would read poetry together. Um, we were just great friends. And Jenny, I mean, is just one of the closest people in my life. I mean, amazing. And so, yes, yeah, so reconnected. And then amazing. when it came time for Punky to go on her first date. Post-divorce. Green, yeah. So you just called him like, up and he was down. Oh, yeah. I was like, I, I was like, Seth, can you come play with us? He was like, sure. Yeah, I got to see that episode. It's really fun. Like, I always <laughs> wanted to do Punky. It was so, it's so fun. It's great. You're getting to make up for lost time with everybody. Are there any other guest stars that you can 
talk about at this time or no? The rest, did I just give you a shower across the screen? Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> the rest are under wraps for now. Okay. All right. That's that's fair. That's fair. Uh, it's exciting that all these people are coming to play in the punky universe. Yes. I'm, um, I'm thinking about, I'm like, okay, so when are we going to start the next season? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I remember at the pilot, Sarah Michelle Geller was there because she's married to Freddie Prince Jr. And didn't you and Sarah Michelle have like a talk show in we the 80s? We did a tween talk show together called Girl Talk. It was like, Girl talk, let me hear you talk talk. It was very <laughs> fun and she was awesome. But that's like very full circle that now her husband is your TV husband. I mean, it's also full. I, I call it a spiral. Spiral, right. It's more than yeah, full circle. She was so lovely and um, yeah, it just it, it was so fun. Yeah. And the pilot was obviously filmed pre pandemic, like you said. So you were able to have guests there. Uh, so tell me what it was like to shoot the rest of the series during the pandemic. It was, it was wild. I have to say, I mean, so grateful that we were able to do it safely, that yeah. we were one of the few productions to be able to keep going. Um, it was so important to all of us to do it safely and to really try to keep it going and use it as a model of how we can get people back to work. Yeah. Um, I was so full of gratitude that I have had my experiences with core. So I feel like I had, um, an understanding, uh, a, a deeper understanding around this. Mm -hmm. um, and our, our medical team was incredible. UCP was incredible. Peacock was incredible. Our cast and crew were amazing. Yeah. And it was really wild. I mean, wearing masks and facials or your rehearsals, doing Zoom in order to do your table readings and your run-throughs and all of that kind of stuff. And 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 as human beings, like we love to touch each other, like and hug. And I'm a hugger mm -hmm. and like have to not be able to like touch each other or be near each other, you know what I mean? And and all of that. And it was it was really wild. But I'm just I'm so proud that we were able to do it, that we stayed up and running. Um, one of my favorite, you know, stories is, you know, we had this really important scene in a car altogether. Mm -hmm. And we each we couldn't be in the car together. So I don't know if you know this, but in that episode, we each were in the car by ourselves. No, I did not know talking. that. So each one of us was talking to tape, not even someone off camera. And then they cut it together so that it looked like we were all in the car together. Breath. <laughs> wow. No, we weren't in the car together. I did not know. Isn't that amazing? So that makes me so happy. So one of the best compliments I got was somebody was like, the chemistry between you guys and the car. I was like, yes, we did I it. Because... It was so important to us to keep the integrity, even though we were shooting in these times that were so surreal and yet so real. I actually thought they purposely put you in the car because it's such a contained place to be. You no, couldn't be in the Wow, that close. Well, to me, to me, like a multicam sitcom is almost best suited, you know, format for a pandemic because it's, you know, a set. But you guys actually go outside the, the yeah. soundstage and you do outdoor scenes, too. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, you were able to complete 10 episodes during the pandemic. Well, one episode we had done pre-pandemic. Right. Well, you were able to complete the first season. Right. And um, Peacock is going to release it Netflix style. So all 10 episodes on February 25th. Peacock's going to do it Peacock style. Yeah, Peacock style. Exactly. <laughs> but not NBC style where you have to wait every week. Uh, and so they all come out at once on February 25th. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it was days away. And then the other project that we mentioned, Kid 90, which Days premiered. away. Oh, my gosh. So really days away. And, and Kid 90 is only a few weeks away. 
And so explain how in the 90s you carried a video camera everywhere you went. Because I did the same thing. I brought mine to high school and I made a senior year documentary, like a four-hour-long documentary. So So I carried carried my video camera everywhere I went throughout the 90s. I kept all of my diaries, all of my audio recordings, all my voicemails. And then I locked it all away for over 20 years. And I I wondered if things had really happened the way that I remembered them. And uh, so I decided to unlock the vault. And, you know, I essentially opened Pandora's box and Mm. really discovered self-love. So like true self-love. So it has been a real life-changing journey. What can people expect to see when they watch the documentary? Um, Well, it's a really deeply... mm, it's a it's a deeply moving coming of age story. It's um it's really about me coming of age both as like my teen self and my adult self, mm. and um and uh, and then you know revisiting old friends and some that people have grown up with. So it's it's been really fun to go down memory lane with old friends like Stephen and Brian and all of these kids, we all really genuinely grew up in this friend group together. And, right. and yeah, so I'm really proud. Yeah. That's Stephen Dorff and Brian Austin Green for people who might not know. Also, uh, Balthazar Getty, David Arquette, who's been on the podcast, Mark Paul Gossler, Jenny Lewis, who we talked about. And the documentary is produced by Appian Way. Tell me how that came about. So uh, Appian Way has been so incredible uh, my dear friend Sean was one of the very first people to see it. Right, and uh, and I was I was so incredibly grateful, and I was I was very nervous to show him because in in the first round I had like used the Into the Wild soundtrack as right. my entire <laughs> you know score, so uh, so I was very excited um, to show him, and he was so supportive. And he then told my childhood friend Leo about it, and uh, and then uh, Leo connected me to the incredible Jennifer and Philip and Appy and Way, and so it's 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 just been it's been such a true. Uh, so you're gonna make me cry again. It's been. Um, I'm just asking questions. It's, just, it's been it's been such a um, such a true light and joy in my life to see um people whom I love and respect so much really rallying around me and um and to have such support you know um has been incredible and has like really been a dream come true like the idea that happy and way is on this is like amazing like, you know if you could have told my teen self that you know what I mean like yeah. and that Sean would be the one to tell him and I mean just people whom I respect so much and have so much love for to um to have them be so kind and then the musicians that have come forward and yeah you know Linda Perry creating such an incredible score and um support from friends like Sarah and Jenny and just all of these people who have come around me with such love it's it's just, uh, it's so, um, it's so moving and it just yeah. builds me, you know? It really is. It's amazing to see. It's a culmination. And it's interesting because we were, not to bring him up again, but Seth MacFarlane's birthday party was at Chateau Marmont, one of the last things we got to go to before <laughs> lockdown. And Leo was there and Seth Green was there and we were standing with them. 
And Leo said it felt like a 30-year reunion. Like, to him, those were the kids he grew up with. He he started on a sitcom, too. He was on Growing Pains. So it was cool to I see I love you. him so much. Yeah, you and Leo and Seth, like, all grown up, but still feeling like kids, you know, when you're with each other. I, I just, I feel so grateful. And, um, and I have so, so, so much love for him and for the incredible, um, the incredible, people that I was so lucky to grow up with that, um, that were just true friends, you know? Yeah. I love it. Well, I love the nineties. So really for me now, um, is, is just amazing. Yeah. I love the nineties. I can't wait to watch kid 90. I'll watch it the day it comes out. And spe- March 12th. March 12th. <laughs> if you love vintage sneakers as much as I do, then eBay is the place for you. From rare dead stock to the latest release, you can find the exact sneaker you're looking for on eBay. As the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the place to go to cop the pair you've been eyeing. And with eBay's authenticity guarantee, a team of independent professional authenticators perform a rigorous inspection of the sneakers you purchase before they're sent to you. So you can shop confidently knowing your pair is the real deal. And for the sneaker sellers out there, eBay has eliminated selling fees on sneakers over $100, making it free to sell or flip your collection. With other sites taking as much as 25%, you're going to have a lot of extra money left for, well, more sneakers. Check out ebay.com slash sneakers today. And speaking of the 90s, I can't let you go without talking about a couple things you did in the 90s that are iconic. Ready? Okay. So my kids screaming in the background. Yeah, I do. (laughs) (laughs) And then you have to go back to real life. Well, Um, I mean, I would stay here all night. I can hear them screaming about food, possibly. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so ready? Bear with me. So 1990, you were on The Wonder Years. You played Mimi, who was the love interest of Fred Savage's Kevin Arnold. And 1992, Saved by the Bell, you were Robin, love interest of Screech. Dustin Diamond. I saw you just posted about him. He just passed away. Um, what do you remember about being on Wonder Years and Saved by the Bell and these iconic uh, shows? Wonder Years. I remember having so much fun. I We were in a lake. And I remember Fred and I were like in the middle of the water for a very long time. Yes. And I also yeah. remember that during these years, I was also going through like kind of my awkward stage in puberty. So I was <laughs> developing very fast. So that was um, interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, really talk about that in the doc. And then um, Saved by the Bell was really fun because I, I had known Mark Paul for years. Mark Paul had actually been on Punky. Oh, yeah. I was friendly with Mario. So that was super fun. And and rest in peace, Dustin. He was so sweet. To yes. And my favorite show, one of my favorite shows, Friends. In 1999, you were on Friends, which is epic because it's still timeless. People are still watching it all the time. The episode was called The One with the Girl Who Hits Joey. The episode was named after you. You played Katie, love interest of Joey, played by Matt well, LeBlanc. And well, Katie was actually, I think, somebody that worked on the show. I think they, it was named after her. No, the episode was named. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, got it. Okay, I got it. Okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The episode is called The One with the Girl Who really? Hits Joey. Really? Oh, my God. You just really <laughs> named me. By the way, my if you ever want to do a... Um, a quiz with friends, my yeah. girls can, I, I bet they'd be. Let's do it. Wait, when the, the next time there's like an online virtual oh. friends, 
Oh, for my, my kids are like determined to like literally like do friends trivia like all day long. They're amazing. Do they love, do they love that you were on an episode? Because that's uh, yeah, that. and they can recount like every single episode ever. <laughs> well, what was so interesting about that? My dad was a boxer, so like, right. I grew up loving boxing. So it was like it was hard for me to like fake box because like I've always been like you know like miss like boxer. Yes, and so right every time you see Joey, you're dating him, but you like playfully punch him and yeah. you can't take it. It's such a memorable role. What was so, it like being part of that cast for an episode? You know, he's coming little packages. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was a dream. It was awesome, right? It, it had to be a dream come true. I love that show so much. So it, much. And it withstands. It's so fun, and it feels so. It feels so iconic. So like, it's like so. It's totally. so funny. It's like thing that I think uh, my kids are one of the things they're most proud of. Uh, <laughs> exactly right. Second to Punky Friends. Yeah, exactly. um, and then, last but not least, shortly after that, you were a regular on another long-running hit sitcom, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. You were on seasons five, six, and seven. You were Roxy, who's Sabrina's college roommate. You and Melissa so Jones. So fun. And Melissa's still one of my great friends. I actually heard yeah. from her today, and she it was so much fun. Yeah, we sent her a selfie from that from that birthday party. Do you remember? <laughs> you, me, and Jesse Metcalf. Um, <laughs> Melissa Joan Hart. But yeah, you've had like this, you've been, not only did you have your own iconic show, but you've popped into all these other iconic shows over the year, which I think. Well, it's been an honor. Incredible. Humble. You've done so much. I mean, you started at five years old, so it's no surprise that you've accomplished so much. I feel so grateful. I have to ask, what's next for Soleil Moonfry after all you've accomplished? Wow. What's next? Well, I'm hoping for many more years of Punky. I really, I really am because it's such a dream come true. I have more documentaries to make. Oh. I'm, I'm going to finish the doc on my dad, which right. started many years ago. And I have another doc very close to my heart that I'm working on right now. And uh, just continue being mom and loving mm-hmm. my little ones and going on this incredible adventure, educating myself. I love to read. So reading as much as uh, possible, whenever possible. I mean, literally just oh, wow. reading. So nice. digesting as much um, knowledge as possible and being of service. Really, truly, I want to continue to be a service and to try and do more good in the world and um and spread love over fear and just continue to to do more i love that what what advice would you have for somebody who aspires to accomplish as much as you have how would you guide them well, I, I think that you i think that each person is so uniquely themselves and that each person is is born with with um with that inner spirit and uniqueness and so yeah. much of this journey is um is discovering what that is to you you know and i think a lot of times in life um we can get caught up in the everyday of everything that sometimes we can forget about that you know little kid that wanted to be the artist that wanted to be the this that wanted to be yeah. that and we can of course get caught up in like okay how do we make because we also need you know providers and this and that and so um to try and really look within 
um, to what it is that you love most and then lean into that and to have the faith to never stop trying, no matter how many times you feel like you get knocked down to, you know, it's, it, I, I believe it's, is it Edison that says it's like, or someone says, uh, someone amazing, and I have to look it up, or maybe you can look it up, but, you know, it's like you try a thousand times, and sometimes it's the one thousand and one, you know, experiment. That, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Um, yes. By the way, hopefully I didn't butcher that, but <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like sometimes you got to try a thousand times, and it's the thousand and one time. And oh, yeah. I'm going to look up because I want to, I, I need to be right about that. Perfect. Before. Okay. Well, I want to add to that what you said about like, you know, Always remember the inner child, the dreams you had when you were a kid. Don't let go of those. It's like the Punky Brewster thing, like the Punky Brewster that's been inside you all these years. I think it's kind of interesting how it all fits well, together. And and literally, okay, hold on. Yes, okay. So um, are you ready? Here's the, yes. here's the okay. How yeah. did it, yeah, okay. Edison replied, I didn't fail 1,000 times. The light bulb was an invention with 1,000 steps. <laughs> I love that. And then there's, and then there's other ones. Now, hopefully I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll send you the quotes, but anyway, yeah. I, uh, I, uh, I was going to say that the, the point that you just made about the inner, that inner child is, is really, I think so much of what punky is rediscovering again. And so Soleil is rediscovering again. And, um, and and so much of what this next part of the journey is, you know, um, which is that real discovery of self, you know, and or rediscovery of self. And I think through the documentary, it's like I, I left a blueprint for myself to find my way back home to who I once was. And um, in a piece of the documentary, I, I had written this letter to my future self, you know, and I'm like, well, who are you now? Who have you become? Like, you know, um, who are you today? And you made your life worth, you know, all of these things that I had to then question all of the aspects of my life to see if I was, you know, making that little girl me proud. You know what I mean? Because there were so many dreams that I had. And, um, and at the same time, I would almost write a letter to my little girl self to say like all of the pain all of the experiences, the roller coaster, like it is so important to go on that journey and you will never regret one step of it, you know? Yeah. Wow. And I think that that little girl would be very proud that you brought Punky back to life, right? Yeah. I mean, I think little girl and adult girl is very proud. I feel very, very happy. I feel proud and I also feel very humbled because, uh, because I, I know just, I, I just have such gratitude. I walk around. I mean, I'm so grateful. I'm so I'm really so grateful. I'm so happy for you. And okay, the very last thing we do here, I promise, is the last thing. No, um, I'm fine. It's the kids that are going to come attack you. Okay. Well, hopefully they'll give me a couple more minutes. So the last thing we do, you're going to like this. I've been doing this since episode one. This is now episode sixty-one. The okay. last thing we do is called the mystery question where I have a guest from my last podcast leave the last question for my next guest. So it links okay. every episode together since episode one. Okay. So the guests on my last podcast were Carl Radke and Lindsay Hubbard, who are the stars of Summer House on Bravo, who are old friends of mine. So they each sent me a mystery question. Okay. For episode 61. So I'm going to open those. 
I have no idea what the questions are. I print them and I don't look at them. And okay. I seal them in an envelope. And then you will send me a question for my next guest, whoever that may be. Okay. And that's how I will end that chat. Okay. So Carl's question is, what's one secret you still keep from your parents? <laughs> well, here's the thing. My mom just saw the documentary and she was like, I had no idea what was going on behind closed doors. So I had a lot of secrets and then I just showed her the doc and basically she... They're all out. Perfect answer for that. That's a key. I still haven't shared them with my with most of my friends or other family, but my mom now knows them. March twelfth, everyone will know. And then Lindsay's question is let's see. What's one thing people don't know about you? For example, mine is I was in ROTC in high school. What's one thing people don't know about you? What a way to end. Um, I am a really good hula hooper. Wow. There you go. I right. can, they need and, to. and I can still do it today. Wow. If we weren't on Zoom, I would ask you to do it for everybody. But now they have to write that into season two of Punky Brewster. Oh, I'm a good hula hooper. <laughs> <laughs> Great answer. And on that note, that is a wrap on episode 61. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for doing this. How awesome was that? Oh, it was so much fun. And I loved I'm it. So grateful for your friendship and your love and like your kindness. That. And I hope that everyone tunes in to Punky. Yeah. Well, the, feeling, the feeling is mutual. Everybody tune in to Punky Brewster on Peacock, February 25th. We're so glad to have you back. And Kid 90 on Hulu on March 12th. Kid 90 Hulu, March 12th. Thank you again, Soleil. Thank you. Thank you, you everybody. Thank you. Love you. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And I will talk to you next time. Bye. Thank you. Thanks, Soleil. Bye, honey. Bye. Away for Hollywood. So misunderstood. So keep fighting on When all hope is gone You live and you learn The tables will turn So shine like you should Hooray for Hollywood Hooray for Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.